Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Crimes that are happening in Mariupol. Thumbs through hell is what's happening there. A Trump judge ruled the masks have to go. There's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. There should be no mandates, period. Extending Title 42 is not our decision. That is Congress's decision. They think vetting people at the border is racist. Today is Earth Day. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is uh, the Environmental Wacko National Holiday Earth Day. I'm sorry it's turned into that. I, I believe we should be good stewards of uh, God's green earth, but uh, it is uh, it is Earth Day, so there you go. Um, two-thirds of likely North Carolina general election voters believe the economy is getting worse, according to the latest Civitas poll. More than half of those polled believe President Joe Biden has contributed to the economic decline. The April 14th through 18th survey of 600 likely general election voters found 66% answering that the economy is getting worse. Just 20% believe the economy is getting better. Some 54% believe that Biden administration has worsened the economy, while 31% credit the president with improving the economy. To talk about what this poll means for the political landscape, Mitch Kokai of the Carolina Journal is with us. Mitch, welcome back to News and Views. Well, thanks for having me, and I hope you're going to be looking forward to a nice weekend. Uh, It looks that way. Weather-wise, it couldn't be better. Let's let's talk about the poll. Uh, the Civitas poll appears to me not to have shocking news, but the the poll sort of confirms what our suspicions are, and it also looks like this poll is a continuing trend that is not really good for uh, Democrats. Yeah, certainly not. Uh, this particular poll was more of an issues poll than a horse race election poll. But certainly its elements suggest bad news for the party in power, and that means the Democrats. The big finding, 66% of likely general election voters think the economy is getting worse compared to just 20% who think the economy is getting better. And if you look at the Biden administration and its impact, 54% of those who were surveyed think the Biden administration's policies have made the economy worse compared to just 31 percent who say that they think the Biden administration has made things better. Of course, Republicans overwhelmingly think the Biden administration has made things worse. Shocker. On the other side, Democrats are uh, less likely, of course, than uh, than Republicans to think that the, the Biden administration has made things worse, although it's a little bit closer there. But probably most important to those who are looking for the political implications, unaffiliated voters, 59% of them, almost three in five, think the Biden administration's policies have made things worse. And we see this translate into the generic congressional and legislative election ballots. Of course, no one votes for a generic candidate, but it does give you a clue about where people are leaning. And if you look at both the congressional election ballot and the legislative election ballot, about 51, 52 percent of people favor the Republican candidate. 40, 41 percent favor the Democratic candidate. And with a 10 point gap between the parties, that's good news for Republicans, bad news for Democrats. 
Yeah, I mean, you use the word diplomatically, you use the word leaning. As I looked at the numbers, it looked like it was a lot more than just leaning. It looked significant. Yeah, I mean, usually in this generic ballot, you'll see that the party's pretty close. Maybe one party has a three or four point edge. A 10 point edge is pretty significant. It's very rare that either party on this generic ballot is significantly over 50 percent with both the congressional and the legislative generic ballot giving republicans at least 51 percent and maybe 52 percent support that is quite a bit of a gap now of course as i said we we don't elect generic candidates and the districts have been drawn especially on the congressional side basically to get to a particular result so it's hard to say how that's going to translate into changes at the polls but certainly I would think the Republican Party is much happier uh, looking at these poll results than the Democratic Party. For Democrats, one of the messages is, do you really want to have Joe Biden anywhere near you as you're campaigning for office? Because if people think the economy is getting bad, and more than half of them, and 59% of unaffiliated think the Biden administration is making things worse, certainly that's not something you want to tie yourself to. Well, you know, you said this was an issues poll, and obviously it is, and we can go through some specifics, but as you just mentioned, the key issue is the economy, and I would think that, and you're a political junkie, a student of politics, I would think of all the issues that would have the biggest impact on the the election of candidates would be the economy. Yeah, certainly the economy, and especially at this point, inflation. One of the things that we did in this poll was give people an option of 10 different issues and say which one to you is the biggest issue at this point. Inflation topped the list. Now, it wasn't far and away the top uh, vote getter, but it got 18% of the response, and jobs in the economy came in number three at 13%, put the two together. That's almost a third of the voters saying that economic-related issues are their top issue. And if that's true, and if the economy is looking worse, and most people are blaming it on the Biden administration, all of those things add up to bad news for the Democrats come November. I'm just curious, where did immigration come in on your list? Immigration was uh, much further down, uh, and I, I think that surprised about everyone. I think it was about number eight on the list with six and a half to seven percent saying that that was their top issue. The top five, I mentioned inflation. Second, interestingly enough, election integrity, Hmm. 14%. Then jobs in the economy. Taxes and government spending had about 10%, as did health care. Those were the top five. Immigration was down at about seven or eight. Education was also lower than you might have expected, since that's one topic that people on all sides of the political spectrum always say is important to them. Energy and the environment, a little bit lower than Certainly, Democrats might uh, might tout, uh, but even uh, folks on all sides of the political spectrum often pay attention to that issue. Well, you know, uh, all these all these issues are, I think, have uh, have a pretty high place in people's thinking. But it's it's what is screaming the loudest, and at the moment, it appears to be inflation in the economy. And I, I don't I don't think you can discount those other issues. I still think they're of of vast importance. And again, you, you, you look at all those issues, and it, it, it's, it's pretty obvious that 
one party leans heavily one way and the other party leans pretty heavily the other way. And again, not looking good for the Democrats in the upcoming election. Granted, I realize that, you know, there there is, you know, now between now and, uh, and November, a lot of things could could change. Uh, you know, that's that's a, almost a lifetime in, in the life of a politi- uh, politics. But, you know, it, it seems looking at the polling and looking at the past polling that Civitas has done. By the way, we're talking to Mitch Kokai of uh, Civitas and Carolina Journal on this poll. Um, it, you know, it appears to me that there's a solid trend since November of 2021. And each time you've done these polls, they, 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 it's just a, a little worse news for uh, Joe Biden's administration and Democrats in general, month after month. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, the, the trend line, because one poll in and of itself could tell you a little bit, but trend lines are more important, and the trends are looking bad, especially for the National Democrats. The one uh, spot in this poll that is outside of that realm is Governor Roy Cooper. Uh, he actually does a little bit better in this poll than he did the last time around. For several months, going back to last June, he had been underwater in terms of his approval rating. This time he's back above water, still not at 50%, down at 46%, but his disapproval is down to 42%. My guess is there are a lot of people in North Carolina politics saying, what's Roy Cooper doing and how can we buy into that? If you see candidates out there on the campaign trail trying to tie themselves to Roy Cooper, you'll know why that is. And my guess is if they're doing that, they're not tying themselves to Joe Biden. And so that'll be one of the Republicans' jobs is to say, look, if you're buying the, the Democratic package, what you're buying is the Biden administration. Well, and North Carolina's economy is doing very well. And frankly, I would credit more towards the legislature than I would towards Roy Cooper. But he's the guy at the top, so I think he's benefiting from that. Yeah, I think you're certainly right about that. Uh, he doesn't tend to tout this very much, but one of the reasons that he is able to have some success in bringing companies in here is that the Republican-led General Assembly flattened the tax and then cut the tax rate and continues to cut the tax rate. In fact, this is not something that Governor Cooper is jumping up and down about, but he signed a budget that had more Republican tax cuts. The, right. the, uh, the corporate tax rate is on its way over the next seven or eight years to zero, and the personal income tax rate, which had been at five and a quarter percent, uh, after some continuing lowering from the, the first chance that the Republicans had to, to put in a flat tax, it's going to be on its way down to 3.99%. That's the type of thing that businesses look at before they even start thinking about other things about, well, you know, what's what's the, uh, the highway situation like where we are, or what's the climate, or what are the schools like. They, but many of them just say, all right, what are the top tax rates? Right. If your tax rate's too high, they don't even look any step beyond that they've been looking at north carolina where we're going on taxes where we're going on regulation and that's why north carolina gets to be part of the conversation and governor cooper ends up getting some of the benefits from that by the way since you brought up the governor uh the carolina journal i guess it was yesterday the day before highlighted an article out of the washington post that said that roy cooper was in the top 10 of democrats as possible presidential candidates in 2024 were you surprised by that not surprised in that this type of ranking always comes about from the National Democrats, the people who are in D.C. And as they're coming up with these lists, they look at the, the top senators. Obviously, they'll put in 
the, the vice president in there as a, as a potential person. But then they look around and say, okay, who are the executives a- across the country that seem to be having some success? And if you have a southern state that has tended to vote for Republicans in national elections, but there's a Democratic governor who's won not once, won twice, and has pretty good favorability, they, they're saying to themselves, well, this guy has something going for right. We've got to put him up there. Because uh, he's been talked about for a while as a potential candidate to be a vice president. And now, uh, after having won two elections and being uh, having no opportunity to run again for governor in the next election, if he's going to do something else, it would likely be either the Senate, which he's shown no interest in, or something on the, the national ticket. So I, I wasn't terribly surprised. I, I think if people looked more into the success that Roy Cooper's had, they might say, well, you know, I don't know how well this translates to the national stage. But certainly Democrats are looking for someone who's had success. And uh, whether you like him or not, you could definitely say Roy Cooper has had electoral success. Well, and North Carolina is an important state. And if you put uh, a Roy Cooper on the ticket that and that would help carry the state, obviously that could have an impact in the in the overall election. But let me let me ask yeah, you. Yeah, certainly with more electoral votes now, too. Yeah. We picked up another electoral vote. So we are Good one point. of the big states now. And having, uh, having the opportunity, because we've seen it, usually since the 70s, Republicans have won the, the presidential race. But it has happened at times. The first time Barack Obama ran, he won. So it's not out of the picture that North Carolina can swing to the depths. Uh, one other point I wanted to bring up, I thought was an interesting insight, and again, I would be encouraging news for Republicans uh, when it comes to gaining control of the North Carolina Supreme Court. Likely voters are not in lockstep with recent court controversies such as fo- uh, photo uh, voter photo ID, uh, felons being able to vote prior to completing their parole, probation, and other uh, post-release supervision. Uh, I thought I thought that was really interesting. Uh, the, the the questions you asked that related to um, the rather high profile court decisions. It appears that the general public is not in lockstep with the North Carolina Supreme Court and even lower courts. Yeah, in fact, the, the, the Supreme Court has not yet issued any rulings on voter ID, so it'll be interesting to see what it does. But you, of course, know that a lower court has thrown out voter ID, and 68% of North Carolinians still support it, including, I find this very interesting, uh, the arguments against voter ID are typically that because it's harder for African Americans to get access to some of these IDs, that this is somehow discriminatory toward them, well, a clear majority of black voters support voter ID. Hmm. Percentage is lower than the population as a whole, but it's still 53% with, I believe, 31% against it. So there's a quite a bit of, of, of support for voter ID among black voters because uh, if they're not just listening to the Democratic Party telling them that this is a terrible thing, they know, hey, election integrity is important, and if people have to prove who they are when they go to vote, this is a good thing, no matter what your political uh, leanings are. And you also referenced the, the recent court ruling on the felons voting. Yes, 54% of voters don't like that court ruling that says if you are out of prison but haven't finished your complete sentence, you should be able to vote. They prefer what our state constitution says, which is felons can't vote unless they have 
uh, comply with all of the requirements set out by law. Sixty-six percent of people said they support that part of the Constitution. Well, you know, and the big picture issue on on the the two things that you've just said and highlighted is, and, and you hit upon a great point is, it appears to me that even your typical Democrat voter, black voters in North Carolina, I mean, overall, it's factual that most of them are registered as Democrats. They're not buying in to the rhetoric that the progressives are trying to sell. Yeah, that's certainly true. And that's been one of the things that I think Republicans have been trying to focus on for a while is how do we send the message to folks who are seen as as being voting a lockstep with the Democratic Party that this party doesn't have your best interests at heart. The party that wants to have less government in your lives, lower taxes for you, more opportunities for you to educate your kids in the schools of your choice, uh, that's the party you should go for, not a party that says, oh, we're going to take care of you. And I don't know that that message has been particularly used, or particularly successful over the years, but certainly it's something that Republicans have been trying to do. And I think this poll shows that there is an opportunity for them if they pick the correct issues and if they pick the correct message for them to be able to make inroads in some of these groups that have seemed to be so overwhelmingly in favor of Democrats in the past. And least anyone think that this poll has a political party bias. You really had a, a, a very fair cross-section of Democrats, Republicans, and independents. In fact, I think you had more Democrats in the poll than you had Republicans. Just a slight uh, difference, but it certainly wasn't biased towards uh, the, this, the outcome that you came up with. No, this, this poll was designed to be a good cross-sample of North Carolina likely general election voters. It's a little bit different than the one that we put out two weeks ago, which was a poll of likely Republican primary voters. That's the one where we did the, the horse race showing that uh, Ted Budd had a 10 right. point or so lead over Pat McCrory. We also looked at some of the Republican top Republican officials and got Republican primary voters' views of them. But this one was done designed to get the, an accurate cross-section of the likely general election voters. So we're, we're not skewing it toward Republicans. This is uh, the, the electorate that's likely to come out and vote in November. Mitch Kokai from uh, Civitas and the Carolina Journal. Mitch, thanks for the insights and great job on the polling. Look forward to your next one, and we'll uh, talk again. Sounds good. We'll have another one in May, and this time for folks who are interested in it, we'll be back in in-person poll presentations first time since COVID hit so that's something we're looking forward to well we'll help you promote that because that'll be uh that'll be that'll be big stuff look forward to it mitch kokai thank you sir thank you stay with us more news and views coming up that really makes you think he is a genius he's all powerful he brought a kind of heat he could be the best just don't hurt yourself okay more news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 welcome back in news and views for a friday april the 22nd 2022 042222 
Uh, it was 28 years ago today, 1994, Richard Nixon died, age 82, of a stroke. Uh, 158 years ago today, 1864, Congress authorized the use of the phrase, in God we trust, on U.S. coins. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast, looks pretty good for this weekend. I mean, it looks really good. Uh, clear tonight, a low around 51. Sunshine for Saturday, a high around 81. Sunday, more of the same, a high around 85 on Sunday. Uh, overnight lows will be in the mid-50s, so uh, a great-looking uh, weekend. Get out and enjoy. Disney stock has uh, taken a plunge. And uh, interestingly, uh, just yesterday, the... Uh, House in Florida passed the same bill that the Senate passed the day before, basically taking away certain tax advantages that Disney had, as well as the fact that the state had given Disney the opportunity to pretty much be its own government in terms of zoning issues and that sort of thing. Uh, that is now taken away as soon as uh, DeSantis signs that bill. And uh, it is not going well for Disney. As they go woke, they're going broke. The Disney stock reached an all-time high in March of 2021, sharing at $200 per share. The stock uh, yesterday was down approximately 33% from that point, uh, $120 a share from a year ago. And uh, now it looks as if uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek is uh, possibly going to be out of a job. Uh, there are headlines out today just talking about the fact that uh, the uh, board at Disney might uh, give Bob the boot. Investors are not too happy. Uh, Netflix shares, which I am I'm assuming from the way this article is reading out of Fox Business, net, net, is Netflix a part of uh, Disney? I'm assuming it is. And uh, they have not had a good week. Dropped 35% just this week. Uh, Netflix not having quite as good uh, time of it here in recent uh, weeks and months as they did. And again, go woke, go broke. Wasn't Netflix the, the folks that uh, decided to sign on the Obamas and allow them to create some of the content? Do people really want to see? I'm sorry. I, I can't imagine anybody. Oh, let's sit down and see what the Obamas came up with. In fact... Exhibit A on that comment, Spotify. Spotify has basically said goodbye to the Obamas. Now, you know, the, the real big names in podcasts, like Joe Rogan and others, I mean, it's, it's big bucks because of the number of listeners and subscribers guys like Joe Rogan have. I mean, Joe Rogan is making millions because of the millions of listeners he has to his podcast. Well, there are stories out earlier this week talking about how the Obamas were going to leave Spotify as if they were out shopping their highly sought-after podcast. Uh, you dig down a little deeper and you find out, no, no, it wasn't the Obamas that said goodbye to Spotify it was Spotify that said goodbye to the Obamas. Apparently, the Obamas, they, they thought 
hey, everybody wants to listen to our podcast. You need to pay us big bucks for our podcast. Spotify said, I don't think so. Bloomberg News reported Wednesday that Higher Ground, the production company run by Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama, is seeking a multi-million dollar deal elsewhere as their Spotify deal expires. And uh, it's expiring with uh, Spotify saying, see ya, bye-bye. <laughs> so, I mean, this is revealing. This is revealing in, in a lot of fronts. But uh, again, just as we talked to Mitch Kokai in the first segment, people are not buying the liberal rhetoric. They're not buying into the progressive rhetoric. Go woke, go broke. I mean, there's a story earlier this week. The face of wokeness in the NFL, Kaepernick, he wants to, and the guy that said, hey, you know what, working for the NFL, playing for the NFL is like being on the slave trade market. You're, you're a slave to the NFL. Guess what? He wants to be a slave again. He wants to get back in the NFL and said, you know what, I'll, I'll be a second-string quarterback, but I need to get back in, and then you'll see me as a first-string quarterback before long. Yeah, right. Um, but wait for it on, on this Obama deal with Spotify. Wait for it. And this is, again, this is why people are sick of progressives. The progressives will come out there, and they will say, oh, this is a racist move by Spotify. They didn't sign the Obamas back up. They have signed Joe Rogan up, and they've kept Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's a conservative, and Obama's a, a liberal. And what people, you know, it, it, Spotify is not interested in politics. They're interested in subscribers. That's how they make their money. Nobody is listening to the Obamas. People are voting with their feet when it comes to Disney. They're switching off the crap. They're switching off the garbage. They're switching off the progressive ideology. Speaking of the Obamas, the sons of Michelle Obama's brother have been removed from a prestigious private school after their parents accused the school of racism, prompting a lawsuit from the parents. A lawsuit filed on Monday in Wisconsin court, Craig and Kelly Robinson say the University School of Milwaukee booted their two sons, ages 11 and 9, as payback for the parents lodging complaints of racism against the school. They retaliated, kicking the two young children out of the school, Greg Robinson said. The Robinsons say they filed two reports with the school in January and March of 2021, voicing concerns that they witnessed racial stereotypes in virtual classroom assignments. This all started as a lot of parents when we heard what was going on in the classroom because of COVID, Greg Robinson told Good Morning America host Robin Roberts. There was repeated use of racial and ethic, ethnic stereotypes that were in actual assignments. Yeah, are you ready for this terrible sin that was committed? This is what he said. The use of the word plantation and things of that nature. Uh, that's the best you could come up with? <laughs> there was an assignment out there, and in the assignment, they used the word plantation. And that is, the, that is racial stereotyping. <laughs> Can you not use the word black and white anymore? Are those, are those uh, words you can't utter anymore because they would be considered racial? 
you know, I think plantation, uh, I mean, uh, if, if it's a history lesson and we're we going to talk about uh, the South, are we not going to talk about the fact that we had plantations? Uh, certain things you can't say, apparently. Robinson added, in addition to the racial and ethnic stereotypes, there was an insensitivity to socioeconomic status as well as disregard for the children who weren't physically in the classroom. Again, I it just it, that sounds like the guy is grasping for straws and making accusations against the school. The Robinson said they filed a report as through bias incident reporting system in January 2021, and again in March of 2021, they say that no action was taken, uh, and then they learned their sons were denied re-enrollment in April of 2021. So now they're suing. This all happened last year. What's interesting is the school paints a totally different picture, claiming that according to a letter cited in the lawsuit that the Robinson parents repeatedly engaged in disrespectful and demanding communications with and about our teachers and administrators. In the termination letter, the school wrote that it has only become more evident that there has been a complete breakdown in your family's trust and respect for the school. In a statement, the school suggested that Craig and Kelly Robinson had engaged in bullying that was detrimental to the school's operation. Apparently, the acorns don't fall too far from the tree. I mean, this is, I'm sorry, I'm being blunt here, but this is typical. This is typical. We'll be the bullies and we'll make these big accusations about how terrible you are and we can say anything we want and do anything we want because we're going to play the race card. And for too many years, too many decades, we've had people from every type of background, and primarily conservatives, instead of standing up to these individuals that play the race card, you know, they fall down and quiver and cower in the corner. Oh, don't use the race card on me. I'll do whatever I can to avoid being accused of being a racist. I've said this from the, the, uh, 12 years ago when we started this program. Don't cower to someone using the race card. You know who you are. You know your heart. Don't cower to false accusations. But hey, they're playing the race card. Hey, kudos to the school. Kudos to the school. And I imagine, I'm, I'm just, I'm guessing here. I have no evidence on this, but my guess would be the school probably leans left. And yet they said that we're, we're done with it. Take your accusations, your false statements, take them elsewhere. Bernie Sanders is considering yet another run for president in 2024. Bernie will be 83 this guy is older than Joe Biden. This guy's a year older than Joe Biden. He thinks because Biden's terrible poll numbers, he can win. He, they think he can come back and win. This is this is hilarious. Now, granted, it's not a bad business model. I mean, a guy like Bernie runs, gets his name back up, repeated in the news, and he can charge more for his speeches. And I mean, look, this is this is what it's all about. Six of the 15 richest counties in the country are suburban counties in Virginia and Maryland outside of D.C. Six of the 15 richest counties. And these people are supposed to be, quote, civil servants. They're making money hand over fist. And this, you know, this has got to be one of the reasons that Bernie would want to run again. 
But Bernie says, you know, Joe's popularity is waning. This is my opportunity to run. The problem is, Joe and Bernie, you guys are identical. Joe Biden has sunk in the polls basically implementing the socialist ideas of a guy like Bernie Sanders. And apparently Bernie can't connect those dots. And then the second thing people would say is, well, if, if it's not because Joe's policies stink, it's because his cognitive abilities are absent 75% of the time. Well, Bernie's a year older than Joe is. <laughs> you can't make it up. But I, listen, I, I will not be surprised at all if Bernie makes another run at it. I, I, again, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a no-lose situation for Bernie. The socialist who wants everybody to make sure everybody has equal pay, equal everything. I mean, that's what socialism is all about. Uh, but Bernie is the, the greatest among equals, apparently, with his several households and his uh, – the guy that took his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. Uh, yeah, you, you can't make it up. And yet uh, he's making money as a politician, big bucks, multiple houses – and yet he'll run as a as a socialist. Hey, we're gonna take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. City. What's going on in my backyard? Things that are happening locally. I like the local news. Things that I don't hear everywhere else. Don't hear everywhere else. For the local news you want. Kept me informed for all of the local stuff, you know. It let me know what was going on in the local community. Eastern Carolina's news sources. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Our theme, if you've noticed, and, you know, we, we just follow the news and make comments on the news. But the theme out there today is that the Democrats are in rough shape and they're not attracting a following from any real demographic. As we talked to Mitch Kokai, even black Americans, black North Carolinians are in agreement with things such as voter photo ID. And again, boy, the, the, the comments that came over the photo ID from progressives and the mainstream media is, you know, this is terrible. This is disenfranchising. This is not fair to poor people. It's not fair to black people, which is, we know is a load of garbage. We know is their talking point, but they keep hitting upon it over and over again. We're going to take it to the North Carolina Supreme Court. And listen, as Mitch said, the North Carolina Supreme Court has not ruled on that issue yet, but wait for it. It's coming, and it's it's not a hard prediction. I mean, I predicted what they would do on the district maps, and they did it. And I'm predicting now they will knock down the photo voter photo ID bill. And, you know, they will say this is disenfranchisement, it's, it, which is, uh, again, it's a, it's a load of baloney. I'm trying to keep it PG here. People aren't buying into it. And certain demographic groups... That the Democrats think, you know what, if we can if we can grab a hold of this, we can win with this. And it's not happening. 
two stories out, uh, both out of the Daily Caller, interestingly. One detailed story talks about the fact that Asian Americans who in years past, decades past, came in and joined the Democrat Party because the Democrats have put out their rhetoric about how, you know, they're not the racist party, which in fact they are. I mean, you you look how they use race and the race card. That's called racism. But Asian Americans, as they've begun to see that they're not people of color enough, apparently, because Democrats, liberals, progressives have said it's not fair that Asian Americans are being too successful. So therefore, we're going to limit their opportunities for education we're not going to allow them in the, into the prestigious schools, even though as a demographic, they score higher than anyone. Uh, as a demographic, they have uh, higher incomes than the average, even Caucasian. And apparently they're getting tired of it. They're bolting from the Democratic Party. The Asian population grew by 35.5% between 2010 and 2020 according to uh, census surveys. Only 55% of Asian Americans approved of Joe Biden's uh, in January poll released by the Pew Center. A majority of polls do not include Asian Americans as a separate demographic because they're such a small demographic. But uh, more and more polling are coming out and and more anecdotal polling is just saying that Asian Americans have had enough. They're tired of being kicked around. And, for, and now you're seeing Asian-Americans for the first time ever running as Republicans for elected office. Not good for the Democrats. Another story out. The Hispanic voters. Hispanic voters are bolting. Now, what's interesting about Hispanic voters is the Democrats haven't been able to uh, connect the dots in that Hispanic voters usually are, a a lot of them are Catholic, Roman Catholic, and a lot of them very strongly embrace the sanctity of life. They very strongly embrace family and marriage, all the things that the Democrats seem to be opposed to. The Daily Caller reports, when Victor Jimenez decided to switch to the Republican Party last December, His friends blocked him on Instagram. Others would not answer his phone calls. Jimenez and his family immigrated from the Dominican Republic to Puerto Rico in 2008. And shortly after that, he moved to Alaska. More recently, he's been in Washington, D.C., working for the mayor there, Mayor Bowser. Uh, There's a trend that all Latinos, when they come here, they need to be Democrats in that everybody is so racist and all that, Jimenez told the Daily Caller. But I can tell you that I've never experienced anything that I would consider racist in my years in this country, ever. You know, that's an interesting point. The Democrats need to keep racism alive for their party to survive. They need to continue to tell minorities and the poor that conservatives are white supremacists and that the minority is the victim. I mean, think about it. It's true. They need to keep racism alive. They don't want it cured. If they stopped talking about racism, they'd have nothing to talk about. 
The election of Donald Trump in 2016, along with Republican gains in the 2020 presidential election, revealed a rightward shift among Hispanic and Latino voters, historically a demographic that has strongly supported Democrats. 54% of Hispanic voters disapprove of Joe Biden's job performance. Only 26% approve, according to a Quinnipiac poll. Jimenez worked as a lead public affairs officer for Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser before switching parties. Quote, I know Mayor Bowser. I think she has good intentions. I just I just don't agree with a lot of things they do, he said, meaning their policy on sanctuary cities, for example. That's the one thing I do not agree on. And that, for me, was kind of the point where I said, okay, I don't agree with this. I think if someone commits a crime, they should be detained and should be deported. There's this notion that Hispanics agree with open borders and that Hispanics agree with illegal immigration. And that couldn't be further from the truth, he said. Jimenez said the Democrat Party prides itself to be so accepting and open and blah, 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 until you are your conservative. (laughs) That pretty much sums it up. If you don't come out as a conservative, then that's the problem. They, I'm sorry, if you do come out as conservative, then that's the problem. They can't even hear your argument because you're immediately labeled as stupid. You're not open. You're a racist. Like a racist? Are you kidding me? He said, no, that's not it. I just don't agree with these values. Listen, that's what we heard from when Barack Obama was in the White House, right? If you disagreed with his policies, and I can't think of one off the top of my head that I agreed with, you were labeled as a racist. It had nothing to do, uh, according to the progressives, it had nothing to do with the policies. It had everything to do with he was black, and that means you're a racist because you disagree with his policies. Uh, that is a pretty short-sighted, shallow response. Claudia Alcarzer became a Republican two years ago after being a Democrat for most of her life. She now serves as county chairwoman for the Republican Party in Starr County, Texas, which is located right on the southern border. She said people can no longer go for walks, ride bikes, or skateboard even during the day because people are crossing the border. I understand we want to give people a better chance in life, but we've got to take care of Americans first, she said. She said the GOP can keep her support ahead of 2022 and 2024 elections and beyond by focusing on America first policies. Now, remember what the Democrats and progressive and the mainstream media said that Donald Trump is a white supremacist. He's a racist because he was putting America first. I mean, listen, their answer and their comeback for everything is playing the race card. And people aren't buying it. And those people that supposedly are the victims of conservatives are embracing the conservative values. Democrats are in trouble. And again, going back to what we started out with today, the Civitas poll, this isn't a flash in the pan. Since Joe Biden took office in January of 2021, and he began to undo the things that Donald Trump had put into place, things dealing with taxes, things dealing with regulations, things dealing with the border, things dealing with energy, things dealing with the military, Joe decided, nope, I'm going to undo everything. 
And we've seen the disaster. We've seen the disaster with gas prices. We've seen the disaster with the border crisis. We saw the disaster in Afghanistan. It is a trend. It is a steady trend. Poll after poll, month after month, Joe gets further down in the dumps. And the Democrats go down with him. And that's why right now you have Democrats have come out and said, "Uh, Joe, you better rethink Title 42. Because it ain't looking good for us. We're going down and going down fast. Breitbart's got an interesting story on this. Soaring gas prices, historic inflation, supply chain bottlenecks, lifting crime rates, a porous southern border, and increasing U.S. absence on the global diplomatic stage. Biden will reportedly address these issues amongst many more. His answer? His answer? It's not my fault. Blame the Republicans. According to the Associated Press, mainstream media, a report out today, the president will seek to portray himself as a man of action. (laughs) The guy can't walk without shuffling, and he's going to portray himself as a man of action, stymied at every turn by the GOP in a spectacular attempt at electoral blame shifting in the run-up to the midterm elections. And I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to work. True and international depression. <laughs> Joe Biden. Joe Biden, the man of action. I got hairy legs. <laughs> Listen, and remember what he said. And, and he always said, I mean this sincerely. I'm not joking here. Name me something that the National Republican Party is for. Uh, Joe, uh, we're for you getting out of office. That's one thing. We're for making fossil fuel more abundant lowering gas prices. We're for stopping the out-of-control drunken sailor spending that's causing inflation. Come on. We're for deregulation that's causing the bottlenecks. We're for reimposing sentencing that's appropriate with the crimes being done. We're for securing the border. Uh, And we're for actually taking a significant lead in global politics. This idea of leading from behind. Joe, you're so far behind, you can't even see the rear end of the people in front of you. Uh, Joe, the Republicans, conservatives, they are for what you're against, and they're against what you are for. That pretty much sums it up. Hey, listen, it's going to be a great weekend. Get out, enjoy, and we'll be back with you Monday at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.